It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. What I wanted to say was, this, most people know what these are. These are lanyards. Wow, you collect yours too? I collect all all the conferences you go to. Yeah, I I collect lanyards, right? So that speaks to the growth. Like I saw, of course, a a mutual brother and friend of ours, um, Della Toro. Yeah, I saw him post, and he's it was so spot on. A couple weeks ago, he was like, different levels require different lanyards, Mm. and it's so spot on. It's so Mm. spot on. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons. What's going on? It's yours truly, David D. Simons. Uh, another episode. Welcome to How I Discovered My Gift. And we have a special guest today. He's not one for bios, but I'm going to read his bio anyway. Arguably one of the best when it comes to revenue growth for coaches and consultants. Markel Russell is a multi-million dollar revenue generator, best-selling author, rapid business growth strategist, and coach who has earned the title King of Client Attraction. His genius lies in the innate talent of drenching clients in a downpour of qualified leads that convert into more clients and increase profits. His sharpshooting approach to lead generation has helped coaches and consultants pull in more than one billion, yes, with a B, one billion in client success stories. Billions of ad impressions, millions of high quality leads, and tens of thousands of clients. <clears throat> from, from a high school dropout and former drug dealer to a multi-million dollar rapid business growth strategist and coach. Markel is a walking billboard for the lyrics started from the bottom, now I'm here. So we're going to dive into his story. Markel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for, for being on. Pretty, for sure, for sure. For the, for the record, it's Markel. Markel. Oh, Markel. I keep doing it. It's Markel. I get, Markel. I get it all the time. It's Markel. 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 Got it. Noted. Markel. I'm on it. So, sure. brother... Take us through, so the show is all about, you know, how did you define yourself? How did you discover your gifts, your talents, your abilities? <clears throat> Could you just walk us through the story, right, of, um, you know, going to school, growing growing up where you grew up, high school, and then take us to this drug dealing thing, too, if you, if you don't mind. Walk, walking us through your story. Yeah, for sure. So so basically, I, um, I grew up in a drug-infested environment where I'm from. Everybody either worked a job. Or they sold drugs. Like the ideal job, where I'm from, the ideal career, I should say, is getting a job working for the city. Even when I was young, I, I wanted to be rich. So I wanted to go to the NBA or NFL, just like any young black brother, right? 
people always say, you know, have something to fall back on, only a percentage goal, that type of thing. And I get it. So I, but the people who I looked up to sold drugs, like my cousins, they sold drugs. So I went that path, went, jumped down the streets early on. Prior to that, I was always an entrepreneur. So I, I was always an entrepreneur. So I was the guy who would knock on your door and say, hey, can I take your trash out? Um, and then we start moving into neighborhoods with lawns and I say, hey, um, can I cut your grass? So I was always entrepreneurial. And then of course I got into a move from cutting grass to selling grass, right? So, <laughs> so, and so, and so in high school, even later middle school, if I'm not mistaken, early high school, I was the guy, you know, in high school, you got some people that are known for sports. They're known for this. They're known for that. You know, the, um, I was the guy who had the weed. So it was like, if you want weed to smoke, you deal. Marquel was the guy, right? So that was my hustle. So even when I dropped out of school, this was like, you know, I was I had a beeper like when I was young, and I was like mm, ninth grade. So I had a beeper. So it's like if you you beat me, you pulled up in the neighborhood, you know, we did our thing or whatever. So yeah. I, so I was entre- I was entrepreneurial. So fast forward, I end up dropping out of high school, going full time in the streets because uh, the school stuff didn't really make sense to me anymore. At first, I was an A and B student at one point, but then it got to a point where it just didn't make no sense. So it was like I was taking algebra two. And I couldn't see how Algebra 2 was going to make sense for me based on where I was going in my life and what I wanted to create. I didn't see how A plus B equals X or solve for X. And it, none of it made sense to me, right? I was like, how is this going to make sense, right? I never figured out. So I stopped. I just stopped going. So stopped going. I was already driving, stuff like that. I'm fast forward. I ended up getting locked up when I was nine. Well, nine, that was my first time getting locked up. But I was locked up when I turned 19, and my first son was born also, right? Mm-hmm. So while I was locked up, so I got out. Said, you know what? I'm gonna do the job thing. So I got out. Said I'm gonna do the job thing. That didn't work out. I did it for a little while. I used to change oil and tires on 18 wheelers. So I used to. I was looking one day, and I was like, man, for every hour they make $300 based on the work that I do. And I get paid $8 an hour. I'm like, that's pimping where I'm from. Like, they make 300 They give me 8 Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, and I'm work- I'm doing all the work. So yeah. I went back into the streets, doing what I knew best, right? And I here's the crazy thing. I was discovering my gifts was, like, inside of all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking to the, how I discovered my gifts. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really realize it. But it's like, so uh, even then... I, cause when I used to get in trouble all the time, well, not all the time, but when I used to get in trouble, even at school, my mom used to always say, Russell's are leaders. Russell's are leaders. Don't be able to be a follower. You know, typically mom stuff, like don't be a follower, this type of things. You're like, Russell's are leaders, right? So I'm here and I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not following. Like I'm the ring leader in a lot of the situations, right? But anyway, so I started an entertainment company cause I knew people who rapped. I knew people who did beats. And I know people who sung. So I was like, if I can bring them together, I can start an entertainment label. Because I grew up on like Master P, No Limit Records, Cash Money. I grew up in that era, rap a lot. You know, I was a little bit before, but still kind of in that same ring, realm. Um, I mean, you know, um, Dungeon Family, all that's here in Atlanta. So I grew up in that. So it was like, all right, I could take this, create a label. I don't got to be famous or... I could just run the label because like me being on stage and all that was never part of my goal. I didn't want to be famous, none of that. I just wanted to be rich. So I did that. I started the label. I took the money I was getting in the streets and I funded the label. I bought this storefront 
it was a hair salon. I'm like 18, 19. It was a hair salon. Well, it was probably like 20 at this point, 2021, something like that. But 20, I wasn't old enough about, about alcohol. So I was probably like 19, 20. So, so I got this storefront and we stripped it out because it was a hair salon at first. We stripped it out, turned it into a studio. I told my buddy, like, hey, because we, we used to record at his house, at his dad's house in the basement, but we could yeah. only be there at a certain time, right? Um, and we couldn't smoke and all that, right? I used to smoke a lot of weed back then. So, so I was like, you know what, bro? Set your stuff up up here at the studio. You run it. I'm going to pay the rent. You just be here. So we started that. Went into the entertainment world, fast forward. It went well, relatively. I got introduced to club promotions. A buddy of mine, his cousin was about to start managing this strip club, and they needed some club promoters. So I got a night, and I started doing an industry night. And basically, an industry night is where independent artists can come perform, and they could perform with the girls on stage and stuff like that. So it started to go well. While I was in the club one night, I got introduced to network marketing. So network marketing, for those who don't know, it's like, hey, you recruit somebody, they recruit people, you sell this product, they make some money, you make money. Some people call it a pyramid scheme. But it actually completely transformed my life. What got me on path to transform my life because it introduced me to personal development, right? Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Miles Monroe, things of that nature, right? Yeah. Now, when I was in network marketing, that led me to online marketing because I need to figure out how do I grow this business? But they was telling me, you know, do parties, do home meetings, all this different type of stuff. But I got one of my team members introduced me to online marketing. So I went into the online marketing world and that introduced me to direct response marketing. And at this time, it was no black people really teaching marketing that I saw. It was just like all the people we were learning from were like older white guys, the Kennedys, the Halberds, the, you know, you know, you're a marketing guy. So it was, that was what it was. And I was like, this is fascinating. So I was like, eight out of 10 businesses go out of business within 18 months because they don't know how to get clients. So I said, okay, if you want to make money in business, you solve a problem. So the problem we chose to solve was this client problem. So we went all in on that. I went broke when I was buying all these courses online, trying to figure out how these white boys were doing this stuff. Um, and my girlfriend, who's now my beautiful wife, she actually, she was a bartender. Cause I had transitioned from the streets and went totally in, but I wasn't making no money. So she actually just gave me a little um, allowance for my bartender tips. I used to use that by courses and stuff like that. Um, I, I read that you studied for three years in your craft it, it, doing that. Most people would not. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. I was locked in because I knew, because I'm the type of person, it's like whatever I go all in on, I always win in it, right? Even when I was in the music industry, I went all in. Uh, when I sold drugs, I went up. When I sold drugs, only thing I wanted to be was the biggest dope boy, kingpin ever. <laughs> that was my only vision. And I was going to use that to start a label. I was all in on it. So whatever I've lo- I lock in on, I'm going to figure it out. Right, so even my my wife and I was like, I even asked him like, like when she met me, I was up, like I was in the streets, I was moving around, but I kind of went through this whole transition and went completely broken. I was like, why do you even still stick with me then? And she was like, well, I knew you would figure it out eventually, right? So I went through that whole process, um, and then fast forward, man, we started some things started to work, um, and then to this to now we've helped. We started Client Attraction University, obviously, and to date we've helped our clients do over one billion dollars in revenue. Showing them our um, client attraction strategies. 
Amazing, brother. And we're gonna dig into all that, all that a little bit more as we go along here. But that's that's remarkable. Can you can you tell tell me what you think, man, from your perspective over seeing your own journey? What is your most dominant gift, and how did when did you recognize it? So I think my most dominant gift is teaching, is being able to take super complicated concepts and breaking it down to a simple thing that people can actually conceive and actually implement. So that's my most dominant gift, teaching. And, and when, when did you notice that? Like, when, when, when was that process of discovery, like, where you like, oh, yeah, this is me. I, I got this. Or did you did you go a long time without even noticing that was your, your most dominant gift? So I think I think because I think I only really realized that over the past few years um, after I started handing more because I, I used to have a huge fear of public speaking also. So when I first came online, getting on video wasn't natural to me. Getting on stages wasn't natural to me. Getting on podcast teaching, none of this stuff was natural to me, right? But my gift was hidden in it, right? Mm-hmm. However, when I look back to even when I was in the streets and I was doing other stuff, I was teaching then, right? So even when it comes down to the streets and, like, weighing stuff up and stuff like that, I was able to teach those around me, like, hey, here's how you do it. You get this, you break it down in this way, you know, you sack it up in this particular way, it's your way it is. You should, you should make this right i was mm. teaching i was teaching something else but i nonetheless i was teaching right yeah. so when we promoted clubs it's like okay here's how we do it we're going to get these flyers we pass them out here's how we do it here's how we do it so i always kind of had that gift of teaching i just didn't realize it until like looking back connecting the dots wow that's that's remarkable man so so take us through this journey right so you are initially starting out you know left high school you saw that this entrepreneurial dream and vision always had the entrepreneur in you and then you you, you build this this club you know this this entertainment business and then you're studying so how did what was that first major win <clears throat> to see all the fruit of your labor as you've been learning this marketing thing can you remember that first major win uh in digital marketing and marketing as a whole so, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I would say my first major win was when I first learned, started learning this online stuff, I bought a book. It was a $40 ebook, and it, it talked about how to grow your network marketing business without doing home parties, without doing home meetings. And that taught direct response marketing for network marketers. And at the end, throughout the book, the premise was, if you're a network marketer, the ideal people to sell a network marketing opportunity to isn't people who aren't in network marketing, your ideal people are other network marketers because they already buy network marketing opportunities and they're, they're struggling. Most of them are struggling. So it was like the way you attract them is you lead with some value teaching them something and then you recruit them into your network marketing on the back end and you build your brand on the front end. So I read it and I'm like, okay, this is dope. And he was like, well, if you don't got anything that you can offer, you can actually offer this book to other network marketers you know. The page is already built out, all is done. All you got to do is give them this link and for every network marketer you give this book to, uh, it's $40. I'm going to pay you $20. So, I mean, my first win was obviously getting that first $20 commission. And I was like, okay, this works. And I would say another win was um, when I had my first five-figure month. Because on the online world, $10,000 a month is like the holy grail, right? 
So I got to $13,430.83. I still remember it to this day. So that was a win. And then also uh, one of my most significant wins was actually being able to retire my wife um, and her not telling her, hey, you don't got to go to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she hasn't been back since. Wow. And this was probably us- five plus years ago or something like that. Can you take us into that moment, right? Because I think, I think sometimes, you know, people lose sight of what we all do this for. Right, it, it, and I can relate being married as well. Uh, my, my wife, um, when I wanted, when things weren't working so well in the first uh, year, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go back and get a job. And she's like, no, you're not. You're gonna, you're gonna figure it out. And mm-hmm. and so I really admire that. That uh, you know, I admire without even knowing your wife, just just the caliber of person she is to support you, and and then for you to come back and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one up you. And, and, and give you an option to have a, a life where you don't want, you don't have to work again. Can you take take us through that? Like, what what is that? Is that always that? Was that always at the front front of your mind? I'm gonna I'm gonna get her off. I'm gonna get her off a job forever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, early on it was because I because I, I never because a lot of people ask me like, Marquel, what at what point did you quit your job? And it was like, well, I never really had a job when I came into this, right? I, at one point, I went and worked at my mom's office. She had a telemarketing office. I managed that office. I was making like four hundred dollars a week. I did that for a few weeks and was like, I, and I helped her build an office, get the sales back up and was trying to get a raise and that wasn't happening. So I ended up just was like, I'm good on this. I could be at home working on my own thing. But she had supported me. Um, my wife had supported me. She was just my girlfriend at the time, obviously, but then we ended up getting married. But I was like, hey, I want to put her in a situation where she doesn't have to, because it was a bartender. So she worked like long hours, got home, got a little sleep, still had to wake up, be mom, all that. So I was like, okay, if I can eliminate that, then boom and then one of her biggest goals was to become a registered nurse so now um we've been able to pay for that and now she's like on the back end of finishing up her nursing program i think wow. she finishes that in march major kudos major congrats to you bro. thanks man um so so take us through the process of development right so a lot of people see today they get like you said the king of king of client attraction they see all the amazing success that you uh, uh, obtained and, and helped others to attain but there was a lot of development that you had to probably do uh, a lot of study as you, t- you told us about the three years but I, I know that's not it there's a lot you had to you had to probably invest into yourself a lot of conferences a lot of books a lot of um, striving and failing and learning can you talk to us about that process of building up to where you are today and that development process specifically yeah, for sure. So I don't know if people are watching a video version of this, right? So it's like, if you look, um, when uh, I'm tripping because I'm not using the camera on my laptop. So I just got this new fancy one. So if you look right here, so let me, let me move this around without breaking something. So if you look behind me, it's a little blurry, but that's like one of my bookshelves back there. Mm-hmm. If you look over there, you can't really see it. Let me see if I can turn this and not break nothing. But if you look over there, it's a whole nother bookshelf, mm. right? Oh, let me fix this before I like break it. I wasn't prepared for that question, obviously. Uh, but but yeah, so that's an example. I'm gonna show you something else too. Hold on. Yeah. So here's another. So I got this trophy. What's interesting about this trophy is when I did, I was an artist when I was managing artists. Right, I had a group. Yeah that I managed. We had a label, Kids with Enterprises. 
and we did an open mic, right, contest. And we actually won this, we won this trophy at the open mic, but that's a whole nother story. But what I wanted to say was this, most people know what these are. These are lanyards. Wow. You collect yours too? I collect I, all, all I, of the conferences you go to. Yeah, I, I, collect, I collect lanyards, right? Wow. So that speaks to the growth. Like I saw, of course, a, a mutual brother and friend of ours, um, Della Toro. Yeah. I saw him post, and he's, it was so spot on. A couple weeks ago, he was like, different levels require different lanyards. Mm. And it's so spot on. It's so mm. spot on. It's good. Dale, if you're watching this, I've quoted you twice on that. The third time, that quote is mine. You know the rules, bro. You know, know the rules. Yeah, you know, you know the rules. So, oh, wow. so yeah, so that speaks to it. I'm, I'm always working. I'm always working on myself. I got books over here on my desk right now. I got like four books right here. Uh, masterminds. I'm surrounded. Like, you gotta continue to grow. If you ain't growing, you're dying. So it's like mm. I'm all in on me. Like I went, like I went all in on me with this edge of what I what people see me do now, they don't really understand that what they see now is a manifestation of 10 years of seed so Right? So I'm I'm I always went all in on me. Most people aren't willing to go all in on them. Mm. I'm willing to bet the house on me. Because I know that's why people say, Oh, this coach was this, this coach was that. It's like I'm willing to go all in on me. If you're willing to show me the blueprint, I don't care what the cost is, right? I'll figure it out, but I'm willing to go all in on me and, and put up the house and have done it. But most people aren't willing to do that. So that's examples of that. Like I could, I didn't go to these events because I could afford it, right? I went to those events and bought those programs because I couldn't afford not to. Mm. <laughs> you wow. know what I'm saying? Wow. It was either um, figure this out Cause like some people got options. Some people are like, well, I got a good comfy job right. or I can go get a career. It's like, I ain't had that. It's like, it was either figure this out or go back to the streets. Dang bro. So, so, so why don't most people go all in on themselves? What, what is your perspective on that? Why? Couple reasons. So number one, they are most people from my, um, the data that from I see, from what I see, most people are more interested in certainty than freedom, right? And entrepreneurship is about uncertainty, right? However, entrepreneurship is about understanding and believing that whatever does happen, you'll be able to figure it out. Most people would rather hold on to certainty than step out and get the freedom, right? So, um, so yeah, and so some people are scared of stepping all the way out and then failing or what people are going to say about them and people judging them and then some people are afraid of succeeding and of course what people are going to say and judging them and that type of thing so yeah so 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 markwell if you could break down right speak to speaking to a young markwell uh who was going through high school or going through college because i know you i know you have a heart for the young people as well uh what would you tell them would be important about their gift specifically uh, for them to understand and how to find that gift and secondly how to take that gift and monetize it what would you what would you speak to them great question so i would say i was so i would start having them assess like audit their gifts right or whatever they think they are their gifts so i would say what are some things that come to you naturally 
right? Um, what are some things people typically ask you for advice on? Um, what are some things that you enjoy doing even if you don't get paid for it? So I would just kind of start just assessing some of those things and, and start doing some stuff. Stop trying to figure out, especially if you're young, depending on like young is relative, right? But like, let's say you're 10, 11, 12, or whatever, 13, whatever. It's like, start doing some stuff. Like, like once you start doing some stuff, then you will realize, um, okay, that's my gift, or I don't really feel that, that ain't really me. You can kind of start guide it out. Now, a big one is what's the thing that you resist doing? What's, what's the thing that you're most fearful of doing? What's that thing you feel poor to do, but you're just fearful of doing? You get resistance around doing it. Because in that thing could be your gift. Because, like, for example, like I told you, one of my biggest fears one of my biggest fears was public speaking. Like, at school, when we used to have to do pre... You know, you got to do a project and then present it to the class and stuff like that. Like, I used to... I would rather take the lower grade than present. Right? So I'm like, okay, well, I can take a lower grade because I didn't want to speak in front of people. Right? Um, however, now I found out that teaching is actually my gift. It's a gift of mine. Yeah. Right. I even teach every Thursday to youth. Right. So what was you about to say? I can attest to it, brother. I, I got a chance to hear you live. In, I've seen you online, but I, it was a whole other experience live hearing you at Black Equity Con and, and the way you delivered it. I mean, just the how you broke down, like you said, um, advanced complex. Con- Con- concepts to simplify them and the way you move the crowd I every and, and I, don't, I don't think you heard this but there are people I was talking to they were like that was the best session I've been through this whole time and we're talking 40 50 different types of speakers so mm-hmm. to, to, to I can attest man you're you, you, you definitely in your gifting and uh, it shines and it shows thank you man I appreciate it I appreciate yeah. it I definitely appreciate it yeah yeah so, so let's talk about the marketing side now, because what we believe is there's three steps, right? You got to first discover your gift. You got to develop your gift, which you, which you explain that, you know, is the hidden part nobody sees, but the part that's crucial. And then the last part is you got to distribute that gift. So that's marketing the gift out there. And, 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 and a lot of people have a complex relationship with marketing. Some people feel guilty about it. Some people don't want to don't want to seem sleazy. Some people don't want to don't want to do it. Some people don't don't think it's essential. But yet you talked about how this is one of the reasons why most businesses fail. So mm-hmm. can you just break down the importance of marketing, uh, what marketing really is, how important, the importance of it, and and how, how essential it is uh, if you want to market yourself, market your gift, market your talent. Right. So some people. So some people, people will say, all right, they don't want to feel sleazy. That's why they don't want to market. However, they love, they, they've only been exposed to sleazy marketing that made them feel that way because they always, they, they also get marketed to in a way that they enjoy. So if you think about their favorite restaurant, their favorite restaurant marketed to them, right? Or their favorite show marketed to them, even if it was through somebody else, that was word of mouth marketing. Right, whatever they spend money at, they were marketed to. They were just marketed to in a way that they enjoy. For example, marketing is simply exposing a solution to someone that they're already looking for. Mm. Right? That's good. So what ain't, That's good. So it ain't like you're trying to sell 
Yeah. Yeah. Marketing is basically showing us, exposing a solution to someone that they already have. Another layer of that, marketing is tapping because like most people think that marketing is creating desire. So they like, I have this amazing thing. I got to create desire for it. Right? Let me give you an example. So I bought, speaking of Black Equity Con, I bought this at Black Equity Con. This is by Love, Lavish Loving. It's mango butter. It's like a shea butter, but it's mango butter. Real smells real. Smells amazing. All right? And I brought my wife back this lemongrass one. But anyway, she don't got to, it was a it was a couple. They don't got to create desire for mango butter. People already have a desire to moisturize their skin and do it in a healthy way. Yeah. It's just your job as the marketer, which is another thing I want to hit on, your job as the marketer is to tap into the desire that's already there. So imagine this is desire. Your job is to tap into the desire that's already there and then channel that desire to your product. So you already got the desire to not be ashy, to be moisturized and do it, do it in a way. There's a market of people who only want to use natural products. They don't use the other stuff because it's toxic. It makes their skin this, so their skin dry. They want the natural solutions. There's already a market that has that desire. A lot of people try to spend too much time trying to shove this down the throat. The people who use Johnson & Johnson and they use this other stuff, they ain't interested in the natural stuff. Because the first thing, they're going to be like, oh, that costs too much. Well, the people who who appreciate the, the natural stuff know that it costs more. Right? It's going to cost a little more, but the payoff is bigger. So you tap into the desire of the people who already got the desire for the healthy stuff to be moisturized, and then you channel that desire. That's what marketing is. And then you help them make a decision that they already want to make. That's where the sales comes in, right? So that's what it is. So a lot of times people don't talk about marketing because people have told, been told myths like, if you build it, they'll come. Well, if you start the business and just build a business, they'll come. Well, it doesn't work like that. How can they come and they don't know you exist? It doesn't matter if you have the best book, the best product, the best course in the world if nobody knows it exists. It doesn't matter if you have this amazing house and it's for sale. If it's on the back road and don't nobody know it's back there, you ain't gonna sell it, right? Unless you put it on some of these websites or something like that. So if it's if you build it, they won't come. You got to attract them to you, and the way you do that is by tapping in the desire that's already there. Not to mention, a lot of people go to schools, um, and so for example, think about a doctor. A doctor go to school and learn how to become a doctor but they don't get taught how to get bodies to doctoral. So a dentist goes to learn how to start a dentist firm, but they don't teach you how to, how do you get mouths to work on? Yeah. They don't teach you that, right? So because marketing is underrated, but it's the most necessary thing. Because think about it. Some people say, well, I got the best product. People will find out about me. Well, think about it. If you listen to me right now, how many of you know somebody who makes an amazing hamburger? A lot of people know how to make an amazing hamburger. But who sells the most hamburgers? McDonald's. Because they have the best marketing and they have the best system. All right? So people don't understand that. And the last thing I'll close with on this piece about the marketing, um, unless we want to go deeper, of course, we can go deeper. But yeah. the biggest thing is I, when I speak at events, I always ask. Well, I'm going to say I always, but typically I ask. So I'm curious, what business are y'all in? And then some people will say, well, I'm in digital marketing. I'm, a, I'm an attorney. Uh, I do taxes. I'm a fitness trainer. E-commerce. Some people go deep. They'll say providing value. 
providing solutions. Cause they think that's the best answer. It's like, no, the reason most, and I'll say the reason most of you aren't where you want to be in your business is because you don't even know what business you're in. You're in the business of marketing. Mm. You just market tax services. You just market digital marketing services. You just market credit repair. You just market, but you're in the business of marketing. If you don't see yourself as a marketer first, you can forget about it. Man, that's, that's wisdom, man. That's so true. That is so true. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, speaking of marketing, I, w- I want to kind of transition to uh, cl- client client attraction and, and, and how you built up this organization and, and the stuff that you do for your clients. I mean, you, you know, if you, if you haven't seen Markwell's ads, you're going to see them uh, <laughs> after this, clicking in the show notes, clicking all his stuff, following him on Instagram and all that. But um, can, can you speak to the, the, you obviously believe in it and you do it yourself. So could you speak to just the nature of, of what you guys do and how you help help people mm-hmm. for sure so so one thing that we do is we help individuals so we specifically work with experts right um mostly black experts right and these experts are coaches consultants course creators service providers individuals who make money based on their knowledge and expertise or they want to so we t- we help them create high ticket offers around their knowledge and expertise if they don't already have one three thousand to ten thousand dollars or more and then we help them attract clients on autopilot every day, right? And then we help them scale the business while actually working 50% less. Mm. Yeah, so that's what we do in short. Gotcha. So um, if somebody wants to work with you guys, how, I mean, how can, what's the process? What, what, how, how can they get involved? So great, so great. So first off, so what I recommend is I would suggest dialing into more of our free stuff. So one of our... Um, flagship programs. Um, you can actually get it for free. I, it's called the Paid App, the Paid App Playbook. It shows you how to get 50 to 100 leads every single day to convert into clients. You can get it for free. So if you go to PaidAdPlaybook.com, so that's PaidAdPlaybook.com, you can get the Paid App Playbook for free, and um, you get a bonus video that goes with it. And if you enjoy that, and you check out some of my other stuff and you enjoy it, then I would suggest applying for a call. I mean, apply to see how if we can help you. And then talk about how we can help you customize the strategies that we share in the Pay That Playbook. If you apply to work with us, just put that um, you heard me on David's show. And if we decide that we can help you and you'd like us to help you, then we'll give you a scholarship to actually save some money if you decide to join us in Climate University. So go get the Pay That Playbook. That's number one. And then number two, I would con- say connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is just my name, Markwell Russell, M-A-R-Q-U-E-L-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. Come over there. Shoot me a direct message. Just say, hey, I was on David's show, um, and I got another bonus gift for you for connecting with me on Instagram. That's what's up. So, so I just got a, a few last last questions for you, Markwell. Um, so what is – because you, you, you're big on attraction, right? And, and, and today we know that um, algorithms change, Facebook and Instagram, and there's TikTok and, and – and I, 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 from from what I gather about you, you don't seem to be moved by that. When a lot of other digital marketers are moved by um, the technical things that are changing, iOS thing, and don't get me wrong, those can affect a, a lot of businesses. But you obviously operate on a deeper level. Could you tap into? I know we're kind of going a little more advanced here for the listeners, but could you tap into why that doesn't really move you 
um, and 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 how you essentially leverage the platforms and still are able to attract the ideal client to you? Absolutely. So basically, um, so people got to understand is like these social media platforms are in business. So their number one goal is to build up a platform with audience, with an audience and then sell advertising. That's their whole game. None of them are in business to let you use it for free and then they never make any money. The goal is to let you use it for free, get enough people on it using it for free. And then now they sell advertising to business owners. That's how it works, right? So as a business owner, if you want to be a savvy business owner that has control of your destiny, you have to understand and not only understand, but actually leverage paid advertising. That's why I gave you the pay that playbook. If you can't, if you can't profitably invest a dollar and make two or three or four and buy new customers or clients, you really don't have a business or you're just at the mercy of the algorithm. So like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's Google, if it doesn't matter if it's YouTube, um, it doesn't matter. Cause we used to do video SEO back in the day, like ranking videos on the first page of Google and stuff. And then when Google comes through and with a Panda update or something, it wipes all your rankings out. Right. However, if you're running Google ads, your ad is still at the top, top for that search. If you're running Facebook ads, you're going to pay for eyeballs. TikTok ads, TikTok, TikTok is like people, the organic on TikTok is crazy right now. However, it's not always going to be that way. So while you're building up your organic, also be leveraging ads to grow your TikTok. Right. So, for example, some people like because I went on TikTok when I'm normally the last people, to, the last person to jump on new stuff. So it's like people's like you should go on TikTok man, or you should jump on Clubhouse. You should buy Bitcoin. You should get in the metaverse. And I'm like I'm always like uh, I get on it eventually, maybe. But even with TikTok, we got on TikTok. And now people are like oh man, you got tic- you got forty thousand click on TikTok. It's like yeah, because we're running ads, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not sitting here waiting on the algorithm to show me favor. You bend the algorithm to your will. And the way you build, the way you bend the algorithm to your will is with paid advertising. Man, you need to do like a whole talk on that, man. Bend, bend the algorithm towards your will. I love you like that. that. That's fire, brother. You got. Okay, I, I think I'm gonna have to whip some up for that. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so the the that's that's game. So if y'all want more game, you got You gotta go go into to Markwell's system. Download the uh, the the paid ad playbook. Get connected with him. He's I've got an opportunity to work with him hands hands on to, together on a client project, and he's amazing. He's excellent. He's expert at what he do, uh, does. So you're in great hands. Um, so I, I wanted to uh, just end with the final question that we ask all our listeners. No, you you weren't given this question. No, 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 no uh, guest has given this question beforehand. The question is, Marquel, what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? one's gift and one's purpose? That's a great question, man. So I believe my knee-jerk reaction when you ask me that is I think through your I think your your purpose is fulfilled through your gift. Right? So I believe my purpose is impact living in my creativity right mm-hmm. to create the highest value to make the world a better place to empower individuals mm-hmm. 
via and I, one of the ways I do is through entrepreneurship, right? Right. So that's my purpose, right? Empowering individuals, helping them tap into their maximum capacity, yeah. right? And the way I do that is through my gift of teaching, specifically around business and entrepreneurship and mindset and the psychology stuff. And because a lot of people see me online, I talk about the market and stuff and all that, but we go way deeper into, you know, I can kind of nerd out on a lot of different topics that we freak some people out. Wow. No, that's great. That's a great breakdown, brother. Um, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for blessing the listeners. Um, Is there anything you wanted to add that I did not ask or anything you wanted to share? No, man, I would just say, man, keep up what you're doing, man. I love the work you're doing. Like I said, we, we, like you said, we had a lot of fun on the project we worked together on. Um, let's let's figure out some other ways we can work together. Uh, also, man, for everybody who's listening, I mean, we live in the best time in the history of the world to be alive, man. Never in a million years did our ancestors have any of this. Like all of our ancestors, our ancestors create come from wealth. The Mansa Musas, the the Harriet Tubmans, the Madam C.J. Walkers. Like think about it, Harris, Harriet Tubman freed about three hundred plus slaves took them from the south to Philly to get to north. She didn't have social media. Mm. She couldn't text nobody, right? Wow. She didn't have SMS, right? She didn't have DMs, Clubhouse. Madam C.J. Walker, she had a problem. Her hair was falling out. She created a product to fix her hair issues. And then she was like, hey, there's some other black women that can use this. Start sharing it with other black women. Not only did she serve share with other black women, but she showed other black women how they, she helped them fix their hair and was like, well, do you know other black women who have issues with their hair? And I was like, well, yeah. Well, would you like to share this with other ones? So, and you make some money. So she built this entire network and built this multi-million dollar brand around her hair care products. She didn't have social media. She didn't have podcasts. <laughs> she didn't have Google. Right? So it's like if our ancestors were able to do all of that with not even a fraction of the resources that we have, mm-hmm. like what's our excuse? Wow. Powerful, bro. What a, what a thought to think about and stew on, man. That's, that's, that's fire. That's deep. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much for blessing the listeners, man. My pleasure. And let me, let me say this as well. Are we still recording? Yep. I just want to give, I just want to give one last example. If yeah. it, Think about the good brother Marcus Garvey, man. Some people are like, who's Marcus Garvey? If you don't know who Marcus Garvey is, you got to do your research. Marcus Garvey built, I want to say this was like in the 1919s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The brother built the largest movement of black people in history. Mm -hmm. And he built his own cruise line called Starline, right? This was... 19 early 1900s no social media crazy no nothing like what are we doing Mm. the abundance of resources that we have i think has become our biggest hindrance as a people as 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 a Mm. as a culture Mm. that that we have so much to that we can at at our disposal we don't we don't take advantage of it and we just sit on it 100%. That's why you get people who come to America from different countries and they come over and crush it. Wow. Dude, that's a whole other podcast right there. I mean, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
to have you back, man. Bring you, Let's bring do it. That Let's do it. Cool. I love it, brother. Thank you so much, man, for blessing the folks. My pleasure. Uh, appreciate you. We'll be in touch, of course. All right. Talk to you soon, bro. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.